You're listening to the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Hey, Jay, are you ready? Because it's time to start the show. What is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Can you guys uh, see me? All right, there it is. There it is. Something a little new, something a little different, something uh, finally we're getting started over here on this channel. It's so nice to see everyone in the chat. And of course, I have a very special guest that we'll bring on, something that uh, many of you have been asking. Many of you have been asking. Look at that. The back looks like it's on fire back there with these lights. It's kind of crazy. So we'll keep an eye on that. We can see and hear you. All right. Perfect. 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 So if you guys have any questions, we'll try to get to them uh, as well. So, but without further ado, without further ado, we're going to welcome my good friend, Steve Inman. How are you, sir? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I, I appreciate that opening, um, you know, because you got to hype somebody up like me who is like literally on the Z list of <laughs> So, So thank you. Appreciate that, man. You really made me feel good for a second. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't sure how, uh, you know, I could have stretched it out. You know, I could have stretched it out. Um, the mystery man, the guy that started the egg roll, uh, <laughs> you know, commentary. Because that's how oh. I first that's how I first found you. You know, I first found you. It was like I saw this video and you're like, this guy gets punched right in the egg roll. And I was like, what the heck? That's a new one on me. You know, because us white folks, man, we, you know, we say other things. <laughs> yeah. You guys say things like, hey, can I get a Chinese taquito? And I'm like, dude, it's an egg roll. It's not a taquito. It's an egg roll. Whatever. Just give me that Chinese taquito or Chinese spaghetti. And you're like, dude, it's chow mein. Whatever. Just give it to me. You know? <laughs> People are nuts. I love, I love everybody though. I love that people, some people don't know about cultures and you know, when you live in like liberal states and stuff like that, you know, you get a little more, uh, of, you know, different types of backgrounds and, uh, you know, ethnicities and it's great. You know what I mean? So I'm from California, so I've eaten pretty much every damn national food in the history of the world. I bet you're from you California. I'm so sorry to hear that. I left though. I left <laughs> two years ago. I hate to leave my red buddies back there behind. They're probably like, why'd you leave? You need to stay and fight. And I'm like, California has been gone. And there's absolute, I mean, even like probably seven years ago when my kids first entered school, I was already homeschooling them. So I knew what was coming. I saw the writing on the wall and, yeah, you know, a lot of my friends didn't. A lot of people do, you know what I mean? But just not enough to outvote new scum, you know what I mean? Or uh, gruesome. or Whatever newsome. you want to. It just reminds me of like a, a bad joker. Uh, that's all with his smile and everything. Over yeah, like there. he works for OCP or he's like in a RoboCop movie, some kind of villain. That's what he looks yeah. like. Man. Chris Coran for two says Steve has the best egg roll. I don't know uh, how you <laughs> figured that one out, but yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Chris. But uh, no extra that... charge for the dipping sauce either. <laughs> Sorry, I came out wrong. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're starting it. off great. Uh, <laughs> definitely starting off, definitely starting off wonderful. And, you know, uh, in case you're wondering, Steve is not in his normal studio. He had mm -hmm. to do the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what he had to rig it up special to be on here today. His studio there is in the back of going <laughs> usually, through some modifications or something. Usually I have a camera that's like pro with a lens and all that. But I'm like, 
Um, you know, recently, let me, if you don't mind, uh, like no. I just recently started working on a small independent film. It'll be on Amazon later, but we um, recently teamed up with a cinema company that actually makes gear. And so now I'm doing reviews for this company because I've been working with this type of gear probably for the last 15 years of my life. It's like my hobby as well, too. So, you know, like some people like, you know, like to show off pictures of their food and their trucks. I'm always just taking pictures of my camera gear. Like my wife is probably jealous. Like, what the hell? I don't matter. Why are you, <laughs> That's why how are you it taking goes, a picture man. with your camera? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking a selfie like this guy's a person or something. But uh, they're pro-aim. So they're a really cool company. They've been around for years. But um, the cool thing is, is that they're literally providing us with the gear we need to be able to make this happen. And I mean, we are saving thousands of dollars. Um, and that's really the most of your budget goes to when you're making a film. You just need to upgrade the gear. But I'm so grateful for it, man. It just seems like Hollywood has just got this stronghold on people to even make films and whatnot. But there's new avenues now to distribute films and having that gear is going to make a difference. So we're going to have cranes. We're going to have like these shock absorbers on cars so we can do chases back here. And thank God I live in like really? the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So we're, we're going all out, man. I, I'm so happy. This thing right here. This is a dolly track that I'm sitting on right now. This is called a bazooka, but this will actually uh, is on track. So you can really get when you got that heavy ass camera. A lot of people think the gimbal nowadays is going to save your life and the best thing, but you really need the professional gear, you know, when it comes to heavy lenses and stuff. So, uh, so before I'm we excited. continue, I, I man, you got to fly me out, man. I got to do something. I yes. definitely got to do something. Uh, but I just want to say hello to everyone in the chat. I see so many familiars and members and everyone just saying, Hey to Steve, things like that. People are coming through. Um, I'm going to try to cut this up in a way, people that are in the chat, where I can get to your super chats and your questions after we talk. And again, just to remind everybody, if you want to see this entirety, um, this after this is over, it goes straight to the memberships. Or you could listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts as we get this thing rolling. Uh, once this is done, it flips over to members only, and they get a little extra, a little extra at the end. So I just wanted to throw that. Just wanted to throw that out there. Now, before we continue, if someone shows up and they're like, Jay, who in the world is Steve Inman? Who is this guy? Why is he on your channel? Who is this person? Like, why, why is he talking on his cell phone? You know, like, what's what's happening? What's going on here? What would you how would you uh, how would you introduce yourself to the world? Well, first of all, I used to be called the Asian Persuasion with a twist of Caucasian. Um, that's. <laughs> It's my rapper name, my gangster prison name. Um, you could tell I was probably the bitch, though, so uh, by my appearance. But uh, no, 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 I just uh, I was a King of the Cage commentator for mixed martial arts uh, for many years. Still am. Uh, I also produced their videos. So commentating was sort of the extra gig. But you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, I was like, you know, I need to commentate something. I was bored. It's weird. Strange. Um, I know there's other commentators out there that have done this, but I was more of like making fun of people that are in riots, you know, out there, you know, just trying to fight fascism in the name of fascism, but actually promoting fascism in the in the end. You know, they're fascists that are out there like Antifa and all the people that are just favorite causing people. problems. My favorite people, soy boys and soy ninjas is what they call them. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we were seeing these fails all the time. I think one of them, uh, James Woods and President Trump actually retweeted it, too. Uh, some dude's feet caught on fire um, and he started running around. I called him a human hot pocket. And that was yeah. the birth of the hot pocket. And uh, James Woods even wrote human hot pocket. What the, f <laughs> so, I, <know>. <laughs> I was like, Hey, if they're retweeting my stuff, I think I need to keep going with this. So, uh, so you just, you were in lockdown. 
had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You saw some of these uh, stupid protesters. These, these uh, you call them. You don't call them. Uh, what do you call them again? And Andy Tifa. Yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy Tifa. So you saw the yeah. Andy Tifa, and you just decided to go into your studio, yeah, and just uh, put it together like uh, and 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 there it is. Steve Inman was born. The the <laughs> internet. Steve Inman was born. Um, I think I shared a lot of frustration like other people and you feel helpless, you know, when you're at home, you, you either can go there and bring bats and cause more violent, probably go to jail, you know, it'd be really stupid. Uh, some people, uh, especially of my size, it'd be stupid, but there are people that go out there that, uh, that are exercising their first amendment. These guys don't like that. They, just because you have a different belief, you know, these guys will attack you and it's like, dude, but you don't ever see the guys that are out there exercising peacefully fight back unless they have to unless they get sprayed and you'll see countless times you can go on my page and see all the videos it's always five guys trying to hit some big dude from behind some alpha male soon as he turns around they all fall down like a bunch of soy boy ninja bitches and and they just scatter like bowling pins you know with their frail kit kat bones snapping and uh, to me it's just like i felt like i was getting my aggression out towards these guys that way letting other people know i feel the same too hold on before we continue are you able to delete a tweet to delete one? Yeah, why? Because you didn't tweet out the show. You tweeted out the StreamYard link. That means anyone that clicks on it will pop into the show. <laughs> so is there any chance yeah, yeah. you could delete that before like yeah. 100, you know, your uh, – Oh, and there he goes, everyone. <laughs> so Steve Enman tweeted out the uh, StreamYard link. And uh, I'm surprised. I started seeing uh, people starting to pop in. <laughs> I was like, man, what in the world? And so it's because he's on his cell phone, he had to uh, to click off. But real quick, I wanted to get uh, I see code. You have a couple messages for Steve. I'll wait for he for him to get back. And I also see a couple new members. So because you're a new member, while we're waiting for Steve to get back in here. We are. Oh, here he comes. I'll hit the little rose, Tico. I should have played a boomer moment, but, uh, you know. Oh, totally. I know. It's totally boomer. What the hell was I thinking? Oh, my God. You were just so excited to be here. That's. Uh, I was. Did you see any, like, did anybody, like, flash themselves at you in there? Like, somebody actually speak? sent me a message saying, you know, Steve tweeted out the StreamYard link, not okay. the link to the show. So I was like, oh. Where can I share this right now as we speak? Oh, we're good, man. You sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're good. You shared it on your Instagram and stuff, so it's all good. Uh, cool. Code for $5 says, as a fellow Cali refugee, I feel your pain, Steve. Hated leaving my beloved state. Loved leaving those Muppets behind. That's what that's what he called uh, the people, the silly people so- in California, Muppets. He also says, I listen to podcasts in a bathtub full of pudding. Can I listen to it there? Um, if whatever makes you happy, my friend. Also, the KOTK fights were a blast back in the day. You know about awesome. those fights. Yeah. A lot of legends came out of our uh, MMA organization, like Rampage Jackson, uh, Uriah Faber. All these guys have come through. So I've been able to, you know, had the honor of sitting cage side and watching these guys in their beginning of their career. You know, it's kind of like a local band and you see them take off. And you're like, I know those guys, you know what I mean? And 
and in MMA, it's so small that, you know, I, if I pass these guys, they would definitely recognize me. They wouldn't be like, Oh, who are you? What you egg roll, man. Okay. Whatever, dude. I mean, <laughs> you, you just, yeah, everybody knows each other. It's just such a small freaking world. You know, how did you get into, uh, how'd you get into broadcasting? I, uh, I went to, you know, I was sitting at home. I think I was 18 years old. I think I was smoking a fat joint, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, trying to find a job. I mean, that's just the way I was, you know, at that at that time in my life. And uh, and I saw this commercial that says, are you looking for a new career, new change in your life? Try broadcasting. And I was like, OK, maybe I will. And and my dad encouraged me. He goes, hey, you could probably get a good career out of that. And and so I started locally in uh, Southern California and started working at some major market radio. Um, and then I ended up work. I was actually the youngest kid to work in radio in that market i was like 21 i was working at a classic rock station so when wow. you hear this voice you'd hear like pink floyd and all this but my voice fooled people they're like man you're a young little shit how do you know about pink floyd and blah 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 i'm like shut up man i do my research and there's something called the internet but uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I did i always had that older voice i guess at that point but when they saw me they're like man you look like smart guy or something like that like you just look too young to be you know pre-selling led zeppelin songs and whatnot and and then after that i went to an alternative radio station and worked in morning radio and some people actually thought there was a character named kim g who was like a gangster you know korean guy and i and i always pretended he was like the janitor but he was my voice and i was like i'm korean so it's not racist you got anything to say about it talk to my mom <laughs> so you know it was really cool though man i mean radio was where it all started and then i crossed over as a commentator with king of the cage i was doing their commercials and but the, and to get the that. uh to get the you like you know the mixed martial arts stuff did you have yeah. to apply or did they just say no you have a good voice the, why don't you come out did you volunteer how did that well that was the thing is the guy the client who was king of the cage at the radio station they'd be in the area every like three or four months so i was doing the radio spots and i remember one day he was getting upset because i couldn't do the spot he goes where's that other guy well, why'd you change it? Because there was this other guy who sounded like this. Oh, good morning, Southern California call for clear sunny skies, king of the cage, mixed martial arts. It's the most spectacular thing in the world. And and he was just like, who the hell is this Vince McMahon sounding guy? You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> I don't want that. I want the king of the cage Saturday, you know, that guy. And so that's when I finally asked the guy, I said, hey, do you need any commentators? And he's like, well, if you can go get some training for a little bit in the gym, you know, go get some jujitsu, learn some of the moves. And I was down with it, broke a couple ribs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I got hurt several times, but it was worth it just to learn the basics, you know, and then everything else you kind of learn along the way, like, you know, your catchphrases and getting comfortable. But I'd say the first four years are the most awkward sounding voice I've ever heard in my life in commentary. Uh, just because, you know, it's like looking at an old picture of yourself. You're like, damn, skinny, but ugly as hell you know what i mean like i still like to look at my uh you know young kid pictures i like where i'm at now you ever uh you, know? you ever go back and like you know hear some of your old stuff and go what was i thinking awkward dude i didn't <laughs> I... did you have like a favorite where it's like you totally messed up like got the guy's uh -huh. name wrong or the move wrong or you just dozed out have... and you were like uh yeah today wednesday Me you know the hardest the hardest part about it was uh, our organization isn't like UFC. You know, we didn't have billions and millions of dollars, you know, to constantly promote. So when we would be filming our events, I never got a teleprompter. I had to do everything off the top of my head. And that's where my radio skills came in because you don't really get a second chance 
after you speak, you know what I mean? So you really got to go with that. Like, blah, 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 and it's a scary thing in the beginning, but that's how it was being in front of the camera. And my first time on front of the camera, I try to memorize everything like a Bible verse. Like I felt like I was in church you know, trying to don't mess up. Just keep rolling. Yeah. And I had the worst hair looking like gel clumps of gel, dude. I look like, I don't know, Brian Austin green from nine Oh two and Oh, it was very awkward. And I'm like, this kid is too young to be wearing a suit and be on camera. So that's why I say when I got a little older, I just, I was like, I hope I get a little bigger because I'm just too skinny to be in this sport, to be in front of the camera. And man, now, that's the a, most awkward time. On a, on a on a more somber note uh, <laughs> on that, did you ever, like, did you think, did you ever feel like uh, you were put like down because of your race or anything like that? Were there times like you were kind of like, yeah, they're not giving me the full chance or, or just as something like that. Do you feel like, like, uh, you know, I had to work extra hard because of the position I was in or it was like, no, nah, I, I just worked my butt off and, yeah. and here we are. So, you know, I, I feel blessed, man. Cause I feel like to me along the way when i look back it feels like an easy ride because here mm. i am where i'm at wherever i'm at you know i have many opportunities to you know make footage and and, and just many w avenues just like most people do nowadays they they have to create that for themselves but i think growing up um and looking back i'm like damn that was pretty damn hard you know to get into a radio station at the age of 18 and and it's you know, almost groundbreaking if you want to be honest like that's just kind of so weird i mean next door was la the k-rock you know k-rock was next door that's a really big station rick d's and and that's what was going on in la so we had a big market we were like the 28th biggest city in the united states so it's like the 28th and then you know you got new york which is number one la too so we're competing with number two and we're like the suburbs of la so i pretty much was the dj of the suburbs um and we had i think about 2.5 million so it was sort of intimidating this would be for social media, like in 1998. Yeah. So I started off at a hip hop station and, and she goes, you're going to change your last name though. I go, why? She goes, it, it's just, it's lame. So you're going to be Steve chase. And I was like, and that's not fucking lame. You know? that's not lame. <laughs> but I shut my mouth. Cause she was the boss. A, the, a woman was my boss. And, and that's why when I see all these people always talking about, you know, these fem Nazis out there, like women aren't getting opportunities. They have been out there ruling, you know, and I respected this woman to this day because she was my program director. I, I remember slipping a tape underneath her door. I was just working promotions. I'd set up the tents for the DJs at the car dealerships, you know, hey, get a free t-shirt and a free hot dog. Eh, you know what I mean? Those guys. And I remember I was doing their production commercials. So I, I asked the guy over there and said, can I do your commercials? I just knew I needed to get my voice. I was like, you know what? A lot of people in school were telling me I had the voice to do it. So I had that confidence going for me for like 20 people that had my back. And I remember after I made my first commercial, she actually, I put it under her desk or under her door in the middle of the night because I was there late at night. You know, I used to always have access to the station because I was always driving their vans, promotion vehicles. I remember slipping the tape and, I remember she came to me afterwards and said, you know, you get your ass in my office right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh shit. What did I do? Cause you know, at that point I, I was like, maybe I wasn't supposed to be here after hours and I'm going to get my ass late, but I'm like, no, it's part of my job. So I was confused. And she basically said this Sunday, somebody has not going to show up to be a DJ. I saw your tape underneath my door. You go on from three to 6am. If you reject it, you will never get another opportunity again. So are you, are wow. you down? And I was just like three to 6 a.m. And I was still scared. I'm like, nobody's up at that time. 
you know, but there are, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of California area. (laughs) So yeah. And then I, I had my first opportunity. And then after that, it just, I started working at other stations and became full time. And, you know, and that's, I'm glad I didn't have to travel to the United States. I'm glad I got to stay in California and learn how many, how, how, how much of a holes some of them are in radio, but I met a lot of good people too. So I'm, I'm so grateful in it. And now when I look back, I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, sounds but tiring. Yeah. It sounds tiring, but, but, uh, I yeah, but you work, I mean, listen, like that. that's, that's the thing that is, uh, kind of, it, it's, you know, if some people were to take away from a little of this, it was like, this is what I want to do. I did what I had to do. I slipped the tape under the door. Um, I made my presence known. And sometimes you got to like, uh, sometimes you just got to take, you know, a step Still forward, friends. you know, and just and take a chance and you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, if you look back, at, I mean, if you look back and you're like, did, if you didn't put that tape under the door. Would have never been that. could I mean, like what, what uh turn of events, you know. I was afraid of what my pr- people on my promotions team thought because I was at their level. And I know a lot of guys in there would be hanging out with the DJs. They wanted to be on the air. That's obviously the aspiration. But I had been there for one month and these guys had been there two years and they were hating on me, man. Like I was getting nothing but hate because some guys were just operating the board and didn't even have a, a chance to open the mic because they don't let you crack the mic. They're syndicating like Art LeBeau and all these like 1960s, you know, old school show is what it would be. You know, they'd be syndicating from L.A. And so like you would just get these guys that were just just hating, man. And that was my first taste of a hater. Like it's it's one of the most disgusting things, especially when they're your friends, you know, and you're like, come on, man. I thought we were on the same team. I would be happy for you if you did it, man. You know, especially if I was just here for a month, but they just didn't like it. I'm like, well, you should have did what I did. Like I cheated the system, you yeah. know, like I, I and it's like I just put a tape underneath the door. You could have done the same thing exactly. two years ago. But here you are. You wasted your time, dude. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I, it's crazy it's amazing when you taste a little success um who's really cheering for you and who's like upset you know and (laughs) and it's it's just kind of like it's weird like same thing here like i never you know when i when i started youtube and stuff never thought in a million years i would i i'd be talking to you put it that way uh i tell this all the time i started off with a just some friends and we just we just talked Star Wars like three years ago in front of like two people. It, w- it probably was us that were in the same room. Like it wasn't even a thing. And, you know, it just it just kind of spun out of control, at least for me, to a place where I never thought I'd ever be. And meeting the people that I've that I've met. Going you know, places, it, too. Which it's crazy. might I add? I yeah. want to go with you places now. OK, <laughs> please take me to a park, bro. I hear you, man. Uh, but it's like go. once I get a little I hear you. When we get a little taste, it's like certain people were just like, oh, you know, they make those. I love the little side comment. Oh, he's too big for us now. You know, it's like, I was always big. I'm 6'4", 260. I'm always big. <laughs> so it's like that that one. But it's but just. it's You know what you surprises? Know. Sometimes the, and there's sometimes the people that you think are hating. They just don't really comment. They're sitting back and watching. They end up being your biggest fans. And I mean, like a friend that used to call me a loser because I was like all messed up on drugs when I was in my teens. I got over that, obviously. Um, and I never forgave the people who, who even said afterwards when I was going to radio. You know, I was still at, like in my 18 or 19. I was working at an AM station. Even the homies there 
we, you know, you'd be at a coffee shop back then at that time. We're all just chilling, smoking cigarettes, thinking we're so cool when we're just a bunch of fools that I remember they would be like, that's why you work at an AM station. Cause you suck. They don't want to hear your voice. I'm like, well, I'm, I do do the weather at the top of the hour on the AM station. It was a Christian <laughs> station, bro. I worked at a Christian station for six months and uh, it was great. It was good experience. The equipment was old as hell, but you know, I was learning. And, and then after that, you know, I went, made it to FM and I made it on a hip hop station. My buddy's like, it's cause you, your voice sucks. That's what you're at a hip hop station. And it just never, like, never, ends. never satisfied. They're never satisfied. And then they seem to just disappear out of your life. You're like, was that guy really worth hanging out? I know, right? It's, I I tell people that all the time. I was like, never, you got to find your circle. Your circle of people will change. It just, it just does. And, you know, you have to find those people that will, that will positively correct you in a positive way. Cause there's like, there's like, there's a certain kind of correction, you know, and, and you put those people in your life that you trust. So when they come to you and are like, um, Hey man, maybe, maybe not that way, you know? And it's, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's a correction that you can receive, not like just try to tear you down. Yeah. And you also yeah, have to put people yeah. in your life that, um, you know, encourage you when you feel like, man, maybe this ain't it. Maybe this isn't, uh, what I should do. Maybe. And, and, I've noticed like over the years, you know, your circle gets a little smaller, but it begins to change because Because quality too, quality, right? Yeah. 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 Instead Um, of quantity. Because there's, there's, I don't care what you go through in life. There's, there's going to be a point. I don't care who you are, where you you just need to call someone, you know, it's just like, Hey man, I'm dealing with something, you know, and, and, and people like, I guess people like us who a lot of our lives are played out on the internet. You know, a lot of times people don't realize what you're really dealing with. So it's like, you have to have those people in your life where you're not, I'm not going to, you know, if I call Steve and be like, Hey man, I'm dealing with something serious. And he's like, let me get my Twitter pulled up just in case, you know, like (laughs) you don't, you don't want those people uh, in your life. So it's, it's, it's finding that circle. And, and that's, that's what it is. It's like, you, it goes through a process, you know, you go through a process of, of finding out when you're successful, you'll see who claps for you and you'll see who laughs at you. When, when, when you're really down and you need help, you'll see who's like, you'll see who helps you and you'll see who laughs at you. I I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. And especially like this last year, uh, 2020 was such a, it was a year. Somebody of, like, ma- yeah. Somebody it, damaged the flux capacitor. That's what happened. Yeah. And now we're in this like time paradox that the doc warned us about from Back to the Future. So it's really terrible. We're living in this world like, what happened? Turn, and 2021 that, seems, on. yeah, and 2021 just seems weird. Like, so it's, it's like dopey. 2020, we were all like, what's happening? Like, everything is, we, we were testing it out and, and, you know, people were either afraid or they're like, no, what's this? And now 2021 has become the year of, uh, you know, now we're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, I can't do that no more. Wait, what yeah. happened? Like, we don't trust anybody anymore. It's like, we, it, you know, we don't, we don't. Tr- and, and here's the thing. This is what I appreciate about Steve, everyone. This is what I appreciate. We have gone to this place in this world where we stop laughing. And we just don't laugh at, at things anymore. And it's and it's like for two reasons. Number one, 
Uh, you can't laugh at somebody because they're offended. They get mad and they go cry. Uh, so you can't <laughs> laugh at them, right? And I'm and laughing. so I'm just sitting back, like this whole thing going on with Dave Chappelle, where the just and it's not of the whole trans community. That's the problem. It's like a few people, and they paint them as the whole community. You know, is coming in on Dave Chappelle, and he's just like, and and I sit back and go, man, they would. These people would wither and die under Richard Pryor, you know, oh, yeah. old Eddie Murphy, like Eddie Murphy's raw, you know, Red George Fox. Carlin, like all these comedians <laughs> that like they didn't care. But we laughed, you know, and it's just like we we freaking laughed and we learned to laugh at situations that were difficult and we learned. And we, and, and we actually know. could tell what real racism was. And now these kids don't even know what real racism is anymore. They just no. think, well, you're white. You you should feel guilty for being white and i'm like sitting here as an asian i look at all this and go well i'm asian fuck you you know what i mean uh, like i yeah. don't care uh, that's like, the that funniest thing pisses me off you know the funniest How thing is you? your twitter is when people are like oh look another white guy laughing at people and you're like i'm asian and then they kind of yeah. like they kind of run yeah. away they're like yeah yeah well or you're they... tweeting like you're white you're just yeah. like what what are you talking about <laughs> and then they call me uh asian uncle tom and i was like well thank you you know what i mean like <laughs> Are you an idiot? Like, do you even have you opened a book in your entire life because you think it sounds so degrading? I just think it's funny that that's the first thing they do. And, you know, the funniest thing is all the racism that I've ever experienced on messages or whatever. It comes from the left. It comes from people that just mm. disagree with me being, you know, I, I, I feel everybody has the right to choose if you want the vax or not. That's what it's all about. To me, yeah. I don't care if you do. I don't care if you don't. But to me, I, I want to have the freedom of choice, just like we respect people to have the freedom of choice to take that vax. Then that's great. But you know, just leave me the hell alone, man. I want to live my life. Like Clint Eastwood, you know, would always say, like, I don't give a shit what you do. Just leave me alone. Americans want to be left alone. Yeah, that's Get the, the thing. government out of here. I'm so sick of the government. I'm and just so sick of them, man. That's what I'm saying. That's it's it. like, I don't see why, why this certain group of people, why they don't hear that message. It's not like we're anti-anything. It's like no. freedom. We want, we want freedom. Like, this is our, you know, I want freedom. You know, I it's wasn't like, anti-vax until they started. Really, the media was telling me I was wrong. I wasn't anti-vax yeah. until they were telling me that I need to take it. Like, why does the government have to, you know, bribe people to take this? And it's for like, YouTube like, reasons, we're not doctors. We're not telling you no, what to no. do. Uh, don't no. take medical advice from any one of us. No, this is this is a conversation. So I, I just yeah, had, to, you I had do, to throw that in there. You know, I had to throw that in. You should have the freedom to choose, man. And that's what it all boils down to. I I don't judge anybody for taking the vaccine. Are there circumstances? So, you know, don't judge the people that, you know, still believe in a freedom of choose. And there's a lot of people that took the vax that still believe, um, you know, freedom to choose too. So of don't course. discount those people. They they totally believe it. And I love those people. Thank you so much for that. You know, and, I, that, I and that's it. what, that's what a lot of this stuff with uh, the welcome to rebellion and it, the movement has turned into, I, I get emails like every day uh, and people who bought like the shirt and and people just telling me what it means to them personally and it's more a, a lot of it it a lot of it is basically they're tired of hollywood and people like you said basically saying if you don't like this you're a ism or you're a this or you're a that you know and it's just a constant you know it's like i didn't like a movie well then you must hate women you know yeah, i didn't like this yeah, yeah. well <laughs> you know it's like I didn't like uh, I didn't like this okay. movie. They're like, well, you must hate black people because there are black people in this movie. And it's like it's like really, 
Like really? Okay. We can't I, criticize I kinda, anything anymore? Yeah, I kind of like Black Panther. I think the actor's great. I just don't think it was his best role because I've seen him in other movies and he's really good. Uh, Boswick, um, yeah. obviously, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really like the storyline. Oh, and of course, uh, Michael B. Jordan, he's great in that movie. But other than that, I just thought it was pretty simple. And I even said that online and someone called me a racist. Like, really? <laughs> what the hell? How can you call me racist for not liking Black Panther? I don't like Captain Marvel either. Not just because it's like femme power, but it's just, it's overly used and people aren't stupid anymore. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's so great that there's so many people coming against Hollywood. Like, you ain't it. You ain't no... You ain't no God, man. People are starting yeah. to wake up and realize, obviously people like me and you and your followers already know this crap, but you know, it's, it, it's really scary that people really look up to these people and idolize them. That, that, that's the creepiest part about America. Let me uh, take a quick, not a commercial break, but uh, Chris <laughs> well, we Webb for five. Yeah, so telling <laughs> you to go to bed was wrong in a super chat. Dude, you really need a bedtime. I know, man. I work all crazy hours. Thank you for the super chat. You can tell me to go to bed anytime you want if you're paying five bucks. Anyway, uh, Jonathan Hurst. Hey, it's good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a minute. Just wanted to send some support for a fellow starving teacher. Thank you. Hope you're doing well. Check out Anna the Star Wars Girl latest cosplay transformation video. I did, actually. Anna's a good friend of mine, and uh, she turned into Alita. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Whoa. Um, uh, and Aiken for $7.99 Australian. How do you empathize with – sorry, it's English. How do you empathize with any character, Jay? They're all shorter than you. I don't. That's the problem. We need tall man representation, right? We need tall man. That's it. Uh, tall man uh, representation. So that's just um, that's what we need. Uh, I, it's sad. I don't get it. I, I was telling Steve earlier today that uh, Chris Pratt and then we're going to get into we'll switch things up a little bit. But Chris Pratt, um, it was has just been it's just been announced that he is going to voice Garfield the cat. And people on Twitter, only Twitter now, Twitter was a mistake, but only Twitter. <laughs> it can be fun sometimes. <laughs> it can be fun sometimes. Only Twitter. Uh, the Twitter crazy people went after him and are like, no, no, we can't do that. And one of the comments, I read all that. I, I made a video on the YouTube channel about it. But one of the comments was, you people don't understand. This is my 9-11. And I sat oh. back and I was like, and they and she was having a conversation on Twitter. I was like, that's what it means to me. That's what it that's what Garfield means to me. And you've ruined Garfield with this Chris Pratt character. This is my 9-11. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, <laughs> really? That's too recent to be saying that. She's I she obviously has no attachment, probably wasn't even born yet probably maybe a year old didn't even know what the hell was going on i mean i even me okay i'm was born in 76 even in the 80s or 90s i was making jokes about pearl harbor or, or yeah, even right. comparing it to anything i i had that much respect for my elders my elders would probably whoop my ass with a belt that's another story but even then we had respect man these kids are taught by their parents to think like this it's terrible and let these soy boy ninjas run the streets and let them larp pretend they're like live action role playing and it's disgusting, man. It, I, it's I, it no is. discipline. No but discipline. And, but the problem is, like the there's like a whole other like part of society that's uh, it's not like that. But unfortunately, yeah. we we live in this time being being. In my opinion, I could be wrong, but being like shut in for a year, 
there was a lack of human interaction. There was a lack of of just being around people. And so as the human as as humans, some of us really are craving it. Like we need attention. You know, we, we need that interact. I, I really feel I know there's a lot of introverts in here. They're like, I don't know. But there's definitely something. <laughs> there's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely. Well, I mean, you have your family, you know, and 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 things like that. But it's it's just like there's this whole starving for attention. And yeah. so these people just say the most ridiculous, crazy things. Uh, and whether it's hated or not, it's like I'm receiving attention. I was reading something about that uh, years ago about if people can't receive positive attention, they'll seek negative attention because it's still attention. Oh, and yeah. so it's so it's like I'm just going to go like out and make. Yeah, it's like I'm just going to go make some old, the most craziest statement. So I will get attention whether it's positive or not, because it's. I don't know. It's sending dopamine to my brain or whatever it is, and uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah, it's just like it, it's crazy. But to make those kind of uh, statements, and then there was there was tons of others that were just you just like read it and go, did you really type that on Twitter about Chris Pratt voicing Garfield the cat? Like is one this... person, tw- this this is the best. This is I, the nine eleven one was crazy. This one was this this. Girl was like, I had a cat named Garfield, and the cat died. Please, the memory of my cat does not need to be ruined by Chris Pratt's voice. Please, let's start a petition. And you're just sitting back and like, did you really wake up and write that on Twitter? Did you really wake up? I'm sorry that your cat died. I get animals are part of the family. But like, the memory of your dead cat is ruined now because Chris Pratt is voicing Garfield? You're just like... I think, and then you also have that other group that's like, I can't believe you haven't switched it to a woman. Why does Garfield have to? Yeah. Be a man? <laughs> you well, know what I mean, I, I, that's coming too, dude. Those. those uh, it was already there. Was already talk about how they said that Garfield was gay and that a gay voice actor uh, should do Garfield. Which is and nothing I'm like, wrong if you're gay, you know. But it, it's like it's just why for the sake of doing it? Why not create a new gay cat? Can we just have a new gay cat? Make call, Garfield? maybe call. Him, yeah, what was Garfield gay? That's what I'm saying. Like, when is the sexual orientation of a cartoon cat like really? It's it's perversion. See man. that exactly. Like... That's the insanity that we're trying to say. And I know a lot um, of I know a lot of gay people that would say, why why do I need to inc- why do these kids need to learn what goes on in a bedroom or a preference? I mean, it's just like learn about that stuff later in life when you watch Beverly Hills 90210. Okay, right now we're talking about children's cartoon. You know, uh, when you want to graduate to soap soap operas, go ahead, but it's just it's disturbing that they're really trying to get in the minds of these kids who is it who's trying to influence this it's just a movement that to me seems really fake and people are just virtue signaling and they just want to look cool like you said all boils down to that virtue signaling attention i'm i'm a fighter i'm doing everything i can i love when people put in their posts i am an anti-racist like they have to let you know that they're an, who the hell is not any common sense person is anti-racist but the fact that you have to do it means you have white splaining or you have white yeah. guilt and you let somebody con you into hating yourself and that's terrible man i don't like that i feel bad for white people half of me feels bad because i'm half white but a hundred percent of me feels bad for white people right now i mean Whoa. it's just i i know they're strong and I know there's a lot of people out there that don't, don't even care. It doesn't even bother them. But I just feel like the targeting of that is like, why do we target any race at all? You know what I mean? It's just it's weird. Make jokes. It's uh, if you want to make jokes. Go ahead. You know, we're but, at this. It's all about control. Yeah. And this is this is what 
comes up to the next the next point is someone like me, white boy myself, uh, I just don't care anymore. Like I know yeah. who I am. I'm happy mm-hmm. like in my skin. You know, I'm not the guy that goes around, I have a black friend. You know, it's like I don't need to like I know who I am. I know who my friends are. Yep. I know who encourages me. I know who I can call. Uh it it it's you know it's the kids it, I worry about the most. Yeah. The and so this so But see, here's the this, thing. Man. It's like people that want to pursue something in life. Write a book, write a comic book, do commentary, whatever it is, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, do a cooking book. A lot of people are actually afraid that they're going to get shamed. There was this whole thing going around. Um, there was a white woman who made a cookbook that dealt with Asian noodles, right? And she was slammed by people saying, a white woman shouldn't bring out a cookbook about Asian noodles. Like, that's terrible. What it's if she wrong. Grew, what like, if she grew up there? You know, there's a lot of American people that live in these countries and they still... It's what like you this fall lady in love might with well the be Asian. I know you fall in love with well be Asian. You, you know? fall in you love with, with the culture, the food, and you're just like, here, I made some recipes that people seem to enjoy, and and Look, it was what, just dragged through the water. Like they were like, let's get this book taken down off Amazon and every, and you're just sitting back and you're like, what? It, it wasn't. It actually made her sell, you know, a million more, uh, a million more copies of her cookbook, but it it was like. This is why a lot of people are afraid to take a step out in their passion because of like you see craziness like this uh, in the world. And you just like, I don't know how to help people understand like if you're doing something good, people are going to try to tear it down. Yeah, that's just how it is. Like people that you thought were on your side. Yeah, they will eventually tear you down, too, where you're like, I thought you were a fan, man. I thought you were like a supporter. And then they end up thinking they're so close to you, they start talking you yeah. know, on physical appearance. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't know you like that, man. Why are you, you know, if you're my best friend I grew up with, dude, you can talk all the smack you want, you know, but, and talk smack, you know, to a certain degree too. But sometimes it gets like to physical appearances, they start talking about your wife and, and it gets a little personal. And yeah, a lot of the things don't bother me, but sometimes that gets a little personal and I just block people. And then they come back on another account. Why'd you block me, you yeah. little bitch? And I'm like, well, you're the bitch coming back trying to follow yeah. me again. So who's the bitch? You know what I mean? I know. Like, it's because you're living. It just gets aggravating, you know? It, it, but to it, the real people, like I, like you said, you could be having a really crappy day. But, you know, sometimes you have to go out, you know, like my wife can change my day, make me have a good day too. You know, I can always go to her. But sometimes you look at what you're doing and you and you look at those people leaving comments and they start repeating your words like egg rolls and and that that kind of crap makes my day. I, it's weird. Like, who would have thought egg roll would make my day? The word I like egg roll when I hear that somebody say egg roll. You know, it sounds this is weird. You know, but to me, I'm like that's the kind of stuff that can help me refocus if I'm really having a crappy day. You know what? Whatever I uh, I say egg roll now because of you. So <laughs> you know, if I'm watching a movie with my brother, I'm like, damn, that dude got kicked in the egg roll. He's like, where did you hear that from? Like, my friend Steve. It's in, it's engraved in my. Uh, it's engraved in my brain now. It's engraved in my thinking. Uh, real quick. I want to see that. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Pushing for five says, Jay and Steve, remember when smoking pot was secret and cool? Now the government tells you how and when you should do it. Daddy government. Ugh. That's hilarious. Well, it I depends on what state I think, too. I mean, maybe. You used to have to hide see. in a car. You used to be all secret. Chris Webb. <laughs> Chris now Webb, you don't 19- have to be paranoid. Go ahead. <laughs> 1976. That's how I know how old our country is. 
1970. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 200 years of freedom, I think, you. at that point. It was 200. They uh, actually painted that mural uh, in an old city I was at. So I was like, wow, cool. 1976. That was nice. <laughs> I, I know exactly what she's saying. Cool. <laughs> well, what would you... If you had if you had some advice for someone that was like you get to do you're doing what you love, right? I think you're doing what you love to do. Yeah, for yeah, the most absolutely. part. I love it. And it brings people the right people, it makes people happy. It makes us laugh. Um you know, what would you tell somebody? What would you tell someone that was like I would like to do something like that or I or I would do like how do they how do they rebel against their fears? How, how, like, what did you do um, for anything like that? Because we we'll, we'll get into like the social media stuff in, in a second, but you know, in our line of work, it's be- because of we're like free thinkers. You know, my Twitter was taken down, your Instagram was blocked for a certain amount of time, things like that. <laughs> but what, like, what do you, what would you tell somebody out there that's like, I would like to do something, but I'm a little nervous or a little scared. Like, how, all, how did you um, deal with it? I wouldn't uh, take advice from Steve Inman. That's number one. There you go. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, honestly, Podcast is I, over, everyone. Uh, yeah, thanks for saying that. Actually, I think what I like to do is make people laugh. And that's that to me, I would always look for the grumpiest person in the room and see if I can make them laugh. And it's a weird mm. challenge. It's a weird quirk. It's a weird OCD thing I have. But I'm like, look at that grumpy bastard. I bet you I can make him laugh. Bet you I could say some shit within 10 minutes. And it's weird. I would have this bet within myself. But then I would go to the grocery store and you'd see not happy people and some grumpy. And, you know, depending on how it was, I said, I got 10 seconds to make this woman's day or this man's day. And I always walk out with them laughing no matter what. And to me, I felt like that was like my audience. So getting that practice and being in school, obviously, I was a joker. I was a fool, too. You know, all my all my friends from high school, they'll tell you that's that's I that was I always ruined their experience, the learning experience. Uh, they weren't amused uh, by my performance. Uh, but no, other than that, I just think, you know, if you just just entertain the people around you, man, you know, and, and see what works. Test it on them. You can't go up to an improv and start testing right away. No one's going to give you that chance. So work it on people and then put it out there on the Internet, whatever you're doing. And, and you know what? If you if there's something that you like and you do it, you find it easy it's automatically just going to go to where you want to go. If you're doing stuff that you don't like, then you got to start doing the stuff that you do like while you're trying to pay the bills, do the job that you don't like, and then do the other stuff that you do like on the side. And then it'll ultimately just override. And that's what I did with radio. I, I I thought getting into radio was cool. I thought that that would be the end of my life. You know, I'm just going to do radio for the rest of my life. But then as I started taking, going, veering to the path, you'll see your opportunities. And if you don't take them, you know, ultimately, sometimes you have to think in your mind that that opportunity may not come up again. So if you do see something that you're like sends flags and signals, you should probably take that path. Like whether like, let's say you just want to be a video guy, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to be filming sports to be successful or you don't have to film like a film. What if you start filming real estate? You know, just start doing it. Practice. And if you don't practice, then you don't know what it's going to be like in the real world uh, when you're actually doing it for real. So you got to start practicing. Ever had a time where you were nervous about a decision you made? <laughs> the MMA thing. I didn't think yeah. I, I actually left because uh, I was doing, I was going to do video for him too. And I said, I do your commentary and I'll do, I'll produce all your shows. Like I can edit your whole show. I'd take four camera angles, put them together as one show, design the clocks, drop the clocks in there, do the replay. 
and commentate it like I had never seen that fight in my life again <laughs> before. So I actually go in there and I could have probably been the best commentator in the world sounding psychic. I feel a knockout coming here. Boom. <laughs> okay. There's a big knockout, you know? So that was how I really learned how to develop my skills. But I also did it cage side too. So I was doing a lot of live commentary, but a lot of our shows were post-produced. So that's where I got the practice. But like I said, it's, I thought I was going to be doing that for the rest of my life. Yeah. And nobody recognized me in MMA, even though I was working with legends, like, you know, all these guys, like even Eddie Bravo, he was uh, one of the commentators at our place. So to me, I thought this would be my path to be like, I could probably work with Joe Rogan one day, you know, and that was one of my goals. Honestly, I wanted to be a commentator with Joe Rogan because I met him in radio. He had come to a club and I remember he was just so annoyed by the owners. He's like, dude, do you know where I can go blaze this joint? And I said, dude, over there. <laughs> so I, I was and I was there for my radio station gig doing a club night. So to me, I was just doing that. But even then I, I started you know, not liking radio anymore. And that's when, when you start not liking it, you got to start looking for something else because it's the end of that road. And, and look at radio, all those guys, they're, they're canned, they're gone. All the guys that had been in radio for like 20 years um, in that market at that station, the station no longer exists. So this was probably about 10 years later, but I was 10 years ahead and thankful for that. So yeah, if I would have stayed in radio, I would have had a dead end job. So mm. as soon as you start getting really sick of it and, and you thought you liked it, you need to start looking elsewhere because those are flags, you know, and King of the Cage just happens to be right now. I'm having fun, man. So I'm still editing like it, I just started yesterday and I've been there for 17 years now with King of the Cage as their video production guy. And to me, it feels like I just started like five years ago. That's awesome. It's weird. It, and it, it's scary because time's going by too quick and I got kids now and I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm getting more comfortable with getting older and you know, we all think about death all the time. Like it's right. It's always staring at us. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but we always think that our time, I always have always looked at the time clock, life clock. And I'm like, dude, one day is such a waste of my time. If I'm doing something that's not helping or progressing or, or getting me to where I got to go, practicing, that's, whatever it is. You know, just I, a waste. I heard like one of the great, the, one of the craziest life advice I ever heard was, uh, this guy was speaking and he was like, do you know there's one place, there's one place that has so many amazing jobs, amazing artworks, amazing books, amazing actors, amazing storytellers. There's one place that has amazing uh, medical cures, amazing, uh, it just he just listed a whole bunch of things. He goes, there's one place, you know where that place is? And he goes, it's the graveyard. It said that people died. <laughs> not stepping out you know and doing what they love and you're just like you know that wasn't the that wasn't i was wasn't expecting that you know yeah. <laughs> that he would say that oh, but yeah. then you sit back and you're just like man he's like don't let your dream go into the graveyard you know like and and enjoy it because you're right life you you just start blinking man and it's like you know uh I, and, the, and the other thing is too i heard this was kind of funny some the same guy i think it was the same guy he goes life you know, it's like life goes by as fast as your age. You know, it's like when you're 10 years old, life goes by so slow. Yeah. People want right. you. You want to be older so you could do stuff. And then you're like, you're 18. You're driving like 18 miles an hour. Um, You know, you're 21. You're like, man, life is good. It's like, but now some of us feel like we're on the Autobahn, man. And like life is just flying. It's like it's Christmas time again. You know, it's like it, it's I, like the 30s went so quick that I almost feel like 30 is older than 40. It's strange. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I don't even remember my 30s, man. This is so strange. But I had my kid 
uh, when I was about 34, mm. 30, 34. Yeah. So I, I was, I was happy, you know, and that's how I actually planned it. I always, you always tell yourself you're going to have it a certain way. And I was very blessed that I always told myself, I'm not going to have a kid till I'm ready. And uh, a lot of people said, you're selfish. I said, well, it would be selfish for me not be, be ready for this mm. kid. You know, he comes out. So we were actually, I was married to my wife for five years. We couldn't even have a kid. So we were worried. I was like, okay, I probably need to go to the doctors now or whatever. But you know what? It was God's timing. And, yeah. and I always told myself I wanted a boy first and a girl second so the boy could protect the girl. That's what it was. Oh, <laughs> and it happened that way. And so he's two years older. So he's got some meat on his bones and he'll be um, the protector out there. You talk about God. I, I, are you a man of faith? I, I am. I believe in God. I, yeah. uh, I don't believe in some of the practices of getting rich yeah, the yeah. congregation. Oh, I believe in, I believe in charity. I believe in taking care of your fellow man. I believe in all that stuff. I don't believe in, you know, I all believe in a lot of this stuff where they say, you know, teaching man skills and the teaching them to fish is a lot better than just giving them fish. Right. So that to me is like, why aren't we utilizing that in the world of politics that just that theory alone, exactly. why are we just giving them handouts? Just teach them a little skill. But then those colleges, how are they supposed to these people in these neighborhoods how are they supposed to go to these colleges that are so expensive i couldn't even afford to go to college i had yeah. to go to a tech school it was like five grand six grand to go to the radio school i went which is a hell of a lot of money when you're like 19 you're like i can't i could barely afford my car my nissan altima <laughs> back in the 90s I think we all had a nissan altima yeah the nissan altima was so dope that was my favorite car but um, I, I, like you said, you know, 17 years had gone by in MMA and nobody, except the fighters, like I said, they would recognize me, but I got no recognition for commentary and I'm cool with that. But I, you just want to hear once in a while, somebody say your catchphrase and it's something that I, it's the weirdest thing, but I had desired that so bad that I just mm. wanted somebody to say, Hey, you know what? Your commentary is good. Like I never got the confirmation. I always got the confirmation from the boss. The owner of King UK, oh, you're the greatest voice in the world. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of like my dad. You're paid to say that. You know what I mean? To stick so I don't leave. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but he was always honest. He says, best voice in the game of MMA. And I said, well, I, and I just thought that was crazy. And I, I still think it's crazy. I don't believe that for one second because there's a lot of great commentators out there. But when you hear that always, you just think, I haven't heard anybody ever say it. And I remember when I moved out to Colorado, I went to an MMA gym just because you know, I was like, hey, you guys do MMA events. I can help you guys, you know, make it a king of the cage event. We could put your guys on TV and feature them on, you know, Map TV and all these other sport networks and Roku. And uh, I remember he he goes, what's your name? I said, Steve Inman. And he goes, OK, I'll meet you. And then when I walked in there, he looked at my face and uh, he said, uh, um, I know you. I've seen your face. You're the commentator. Look, I got all the DVDs right here. There you are. You did that show. And, and, and he opened it up. So I knew he wasn't full of crap. Wow. You know, he showed me all the DVDs that I had commentated. Um, so right then and there was the first time anybody had recognized 17 years. And that was only two years ago. <laughs> and so now being in the position, like just even having a small audience, I just want even 200 people would have been good for me. But, um, you know, it's just expanded so much that I'm so grateful that the people kind of accepted me. Like they have to accept you. You can't just, you just do your thing and think it's funny. What we think is funny is may not be yeah. funny to the other guy, but it's, it's amazing when you do find that audience like you have and they can relate to you. You don't even have to really, you just be yourself. And finally, when you be yourself, it's the audience. Like the audience always says, Oh, I'm glad I found you. I said, I've been looking for you guys since I was 18 years old. Yeah. And radio, you don't get to see people either. You just get the phone call. So you think, oh, only 10 people are listening to me tonight. 
but there's way more people that aren't going to call in. There's way more people that aren't going to comment on your post. So, and then you get, that's why the ratio thing. So, you know, there's how many people are you really affecting and making people laugh? You just don't know. And, and so radio kind of prepared me for this. And when I look back, I'm just so grateful for people like you too. And especially, and Gina Carano, let's give Gina Carano a shout out. Um, <laughs> there was a time I almost gave this crap up, dude. Like, and then yeah. Gina Carano started following me. And then um, Dustin Portier, he started following me. And then I started, you know, it just started. And then James, um, not James Woods, Trump started retweeting my stuff. And so at that point, I felt like, and Dan Scavino started following me. He's like the social media guy and, and all these others. I don't even know what the hell he does, man. He does so much crap, but he is like the greatest guy um, with the Trump campaign and him. So right then and there, it kind of woke me up and go, hey, if these guys are following me with the success that they have in their lives. You got something, man. That's the greatest compliment in the world. And it's that no money could ever buy that. And, and so... I'm just grateful for people like you too, man, that, that just give me the time to be able to. Well, how cool this. is it that Steve followed me? Like that's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Harley Dave in the chat said, love your Instagram, Steve. It's always the best part of my day right Thank when you, I really brother. need it. Much um, love. Me love you a long time, homie. Yeah. Just that's, I mean, listen for me, um, <laughs> there was nothing, not love me long time, but there was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. When I, I see, <laughs> when I see people, that I've looked up to or follow like yourself wearing one of those shirts. It get, it gets me every time. Oh. Uh, when you posted that on, tw- on Instagram, you know, I, you had someone in a headlock, I think. And I was Kylo like, Ren. welcome Kylo to rebellion Ren. shirt on. Yeah. I was like, you know, I couldn't wait to take that picture. Honestly, man. I had it in my head. Even when I bought the shirt, I said, Oh dude, let's put Kylo Ren in a headlock. It was like my big thing. I say, I just couldn't wait till you guys saw it. So I thought that it cool. just, it, even today, like people, people tag me on Twitter and Instagram. They're like, Hey, I'm wearing a shirt, you know, like, and it's just, it still gets me, man. It's like, it's like, you know, you, I'm like, I say, like, who am I? Like, who am I to have Steve Emin on my show? Who am I? And, and it's just, but still, you know, that's, that's just where, um, this, like I said, this craziness, this craziness has begun. And for everyone's viewing pleasure, I'm going to show one of Steve's newest videos. Yeah. The last time Steve was on my channel, we kept showing his videos and YouTube kept saying, nah, stop. That's a bad, yeah, and it was like, I had, to, I had to chop it all up. And it was just, it, it, it was like, I could have warned you. I actually got banned for posting that video. dude. <laughs> so it's all good. Man. It was but crazy. I, I, the Disney video, Toontown. What was yeah, that Toontown? too. Like, and I was like, man, uh, Terrible, man. Terrible. Hey, hold on one second. I'll be right back. Play that, okay? All right. Sorry, I have somebody calling me. Give me one second. It's okay. Do your thing. You can pop back in if you have to. Uh, Here we go. Did he freeze? Yeah, he did. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah. Stand by. Just got to answer the door. Nice. Come on in, guys. Did they come back? <laughs> Should I? Mute oh no, 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 no! There's some other guy that was supposed to be here. Okay, he's not here. Okay, sorry, guys. All right, let me get on uh, air. All right, which one of y'all uh, went to Steve's house and knocked on the door? Oh, I knew I was here. Did somebody come to the door? Okay. Can you hear me still? I hear you. There we are. Sorry. There bro. you are. <laughs> okay. Back in the studio. 
All right. So this is uh let me know in the chat if you can hear this. But this is uh this is a great one he just posted a few hours ago titled RIP to his future children. Here we go. Either it's his first time on a bike or possibly Skynet has taken over once again and you can see him getting tossed around like a raggedy Ann doll. Lands on his egg roll as his future children are Thanos and turned into dust. <laughs> Did everyone hear that in the chat? Let me know if you heard that. If not, I have to like redo it. But he uses the word egg roll. No sound? You can't hear it? Did I really yeah, I screw that up? Wow, yeah, Jay. Wow. That's just how... That's just... Oh my goodness. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. I can do it this time. I can do it. Share audio. Oh yeah, I didn't hit the uh, share audio tab. My bad, everyone. My bad. Make sure it's up. All right. See if you can hear it this time. All right. So it's it's only 13 seconds. Either it's his first time on a bike or possibly Skynet has taken over once again and you can see him getting tossed around like a raggedy Ann doll. Lands on his egg roll as his future children are Thanos and turned into dust. <laughs> I'm glad I said egg roll. I haven't busted that one out in a while, so I'm glad I got to use your favorite word today. Um, <clears throat> That was great. And then... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dean Kane might not, uh, you know. Superman, Superman's gonna kick my ass. He actually, I'm gonna be featured in uh, in his film as the commentator. So some uh, follower decided to make this little meme, brought to you by Hot Pockets, um, Inman and Clark. <laughs> you're gonna, I know you're gonna be working with Dean Kane. Yeah, I have actually. We How already cool did it. That? I did. My oh, you did it already. Yeah, I already did it. He had actually called me and I actually recorded it. That's how lame I am. Uh, but I actually thought it was the coolest thing because he uh, had called me on my phone and I'm just sitting here talking to Dean Kane. He goes, I want Steve Inman in my film. He's like saying my name and I'm like, holy shit, Dean Kane just said Steve Inman. Oh my God, this is crazy. And and I love Dean Kane, man. He's a, he's a total man of truth. He's not afraid to tell the truth. And those are the people I like, man. I just like real people like that. And Dean just turns out to be a cool guy. I even told him, I was like, dude, you were the only guy that he goes, what, look like you? I was like, yeah, yeah, because I was half Asian. You know, he's got quarter Japanese in him. And so I was like, dude, you were an inspiration. He goes, why? Because we look alike. I was like, hey, Dean Kane said we look alike, but Dean Kane is hotter. Okay. Dean Kane has got the, he's got everything. Here we I've go. Got... Here's, here's another one of my that you just posted a few hours. Uh, we retweeted it, and uh, this has got some fighting into it. So I hope everyone enjoys. So a man walks into a store with a knife and finds out real quickly that when you fuck around, you find out real quick. Somebody call the coroner, maybe Mike Lindell, and get this guy some Giza sheets as he gets dragged out like the raggedy Ann bitch doll that he is. The best part of this knife-wielding thug ran down his mama's leg, and booyah, looks like he's going to take a run down into the depths of hell as his knees buckle like a newborn deer and his operating system shuts down. <laughs> like that Windows factory reset, you know, like the Windows shut down. I know. I, <laughs> I love that's, doing that. You just have to hear that. It's just, it's awesome. And uh, if I have any mods in the chat, Steve's Twitter account is in the description. Um, if you don't mind putting it in to follow because he posts these videos on Twitter, but also on his Instagram account. And 
it's 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 the best it's the best are, are we getting a tour here like you walking through on a oh no 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 i was just making sure that guy wasn't at the door anymore I, oh, I, dude, I I, i'm building a wall around my house and i need the electrician it's been a juggle but it's funny because the guy that i was building the wall he's a hispanic guy hispanic american right you know obviously and he's just like you you white boys in your walls and he was just joking he's like but i voted for trump so it's all good like, oh my god now there is plenty of so hilarious yeah there's plenty of videos out there for you to do commentary i think you're at this point now where people just start sending you stuff yeah it's 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 crazy i used to have to go and search for it all the time but i mean the inbox just gets full i have to go check my filtered messages but sometimes it's like you just find that one video and it travels further just because it has the, it's weird. You know, when you find the right video, um, the timing of it, the algorithms, the color, or the way it just looks sometimes just gets on this little speed track and just goes, and it's like the, the system knows, you know, already it's just weird how those videos can become viral. And then you have those other videos that are just duds and you're like, okay, because you know what a dud is. It's just like, Okay, yeah. that doesn't get as many likes as this one, but it's still a lot of likes. Even if I had a hundred followers, it would have been a lot of likes. But that's the weird thing is sometimes you just never know. And then sometimes it's like a video, like some girl or not girl, but a uh, some lady getting hit in the head with a cone, a cone, <laughs> a parking cone, uh, while standing trying to block a street. Somebody, I think it's called Brandy Tifa, cone to the dome. That was an old one, but that one. Dude generated like 30 million views and it was ridiculous. It was going everywhere. It was like in all these little video game sites. My my buddy even said, dude, my son pulled this up and it shows this this lady getting hit in the head. Like she's just standing in front of a car and then from the distance, she just won't leave. And then from the distance, you see this cone just come out of the air and just land on her dome. And it's that's why we called it cone of the dome. And she falls over. But it was during the protest. It's like, get out the way. Do you really think? You could take this car on. That's the problem with these little tools. They just think they can, I don't know. They watch too many Marvel action movies and they think they're invincible. Like this car ain't gonna hurt. You can't run me. Oh, why did you run me over? Well, what do you expect? So yeah. if you love <laughs> anti Andy getting made fun of, uh, dumb people doing things online and, uh, different things like that. Uh, Steve's your guy. <laughs> Thank you so Steve's much. Steve's your brother. guy because and and it's true. It's true. Every when he posts his stuff on Instagram and when he posts stuff uh it, it it'll make your day better because you did one like there was a one guy was like doing a like you were like there was a girl dancing on a boat and and she just slips <laughs> down. I was laughing so hard and it's like if I comment on your Instagram, because usually I'm like, usually in the morning I'm taking a walk or whatever. It's like, uh, if I comment, you know, you hit my funny bone <laughs> and I, and I see, you see, I'm like, oh my God. Cause I usually take one of your quotes from the video love, and put I love it, your comment. That was You're freaking, like, I was dying, man. Like I watched it like so many times. Like I was, it was so smooth, right? She just fell down like a salamander or something. It was just like, she just slipped down like a fish fell down the, like, <laughs> like you know, when a fish slides off the boat, You're like come back here. She just whoop. It's like, whoa, okay. And some of these women, they start, you know, they do all the, you know, these Instagram HOs uh, that are taking just practically nude pictures, okay? I mean, nipple, everything is showing, okay? But as soon as you say anything bad about Biden, you get banned. That's yeah, what so I, what, that's hap what happened. That's what weird. happened to your Instagram? 
What happened well, to uh... they took it down for and then I had to wait 24 hours and they gave it back, which is nice. But I think I said, you know, you can be a hoe on Instagram. Um, but if you call Joe Biden one, you get banned. And they banned me. I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, I didn't even call her a hoe. It was just kind of emphasized that way. And the reason why I was saying that before you guys go, you know, I'm sure you don't have any Joe Biden fans. I, I just I'm just not a fan of someone who doesn't even care for her husband's well-being, obviously, putting them in this position. You can obviously tell she doesn't even care about our country. So um, and and this, the background story with them is just you could stay just awake. I mean, yeah, it, it's gross. It, it really is. So just by saying that. But how many times did they make fun of Trump's wife? How many times did they call her this and, and show naked pictures of her? But they would leave the naked pictures of Melania up like, like it was no big deal. And yet you don't even call the president's wife that specific word. And boom, you're out. So you just have to really be careful and creative with your words. I see a lot of people are really good at that too. They, they get creative, like let's go Brandon and all that. We all know what that's all about. But I mean, now even let's go Brandon becomes a thing where like, you can't say that for the love of God. How dare you say let's go Brandon. What about Brandon? Poor Brandon. What about Could you imagine if your name was Brandon? Like I would be, I would buy like all the, new- the t-shirts I would like have that theme song playing in my car. Like, it's like if my name parent. was Brandon, I, oh my gosh, I would I would eat that up like no one's business. Like uh, no one's business. Well, being a guest on my show, um, I apologize, but it means that you're going to be memed all over Twitter. So I don't oh, know if you could see that, but it's you holding a giant plate of egg rolls. So, oh, dude, they're they're Asian hot pockets. There that's it is. Right there. <laughs> I love it, man. So, I mean, that's that's normally that's normally what happens uh, if if you're a guest on my show. Steve, what do you? As we get close to closing here, what what? Uh, how do you see like for your children and stuff? Like, how do you? How do you like prepare them for what you see is going on in the world? You know what? Being able to homeschool them is everything. I mean, so that makes it a lot easier. And, you know, and I've got them learning real history um, at home. You know, I've got got a history guy that actually comes in. It's actually my nephew who majored in that. So it works out great. You know, I've got my family nearby, too. um, So that's always helpful. But, you know, they know what's up, man. They we teach them the reality. And you also let them know that, you know, if you hit somebody or you disrespect somebody or you say bad words to somebody, you know, and people may be nice at home, but you know, when you get out on the streets, you can't control those type of people. And we have a bunch of kids out there that have like loose mouths. They go out there, they're disrespectful to the older people. So teaching them respect first and foremost is important to me because I don't want my kids growing up and society disciplining them later. Um, and when I mean discipline, it means talk to your kids. Most parents nowadays are so freaking lazy. They don't even care. Yeah, they just like they won't even talk to him. They won't even correct them. That's how lazy they are. Like, do you ever see that one kid that runs around a party and just pushing everything? And the parents like, oh, so cute, Jimmy. Like, I, I just want to get go up to that lady and go, what the hell's the matter with you? And then you wonder about their parents and you realize their parents probably didn't raise them right. So it's just this is the generation we're dealing with. And it's it's weird. But I want my kids to just be productive citizens of society because it is my responsibility. And you know how they turn out you know and i don't think there's a lot of parents out there there are there's a lot of parents out there that do that but i think it's uh 
great. Oh, you were out here. Sorry, dude. I no didn't worries. see. I'm just uh, in, I'm just in the middle of this stream. My guy uh, out here, Dave, is helping me build a wall. Um, it's not racist to build a wall either. But... <laughs> it's done. Okay, thank you. Um, what, can you, are you guys gonna invoice me now or? Do you While he's mind? doing that, I'll say JT Gunther okay. for five dollars. Hey Jay, I was I was late, so I will watch or listen to this okay, later. Take care and let's go, Brandon. Take care and let's go, Brandon. So that's that's how that goes. Um, so real quick, Steve, if you had some like some parting messages, yeah. Before we go uh, to the after party a little bit, um, the after life. yeah, the exclusive <laughs> exclusive after party that we'll have. I'm just I'm totally thankful for all my followers, everybody on here. Um, you know, there's sometimes you'll see me all pissed off going off on some other guy, but normally it's because they're liberal snowflakes that just get offended by my videos. If you're offended by my videos there's something seriously wrong with you because it's just, we're just calling out idiots. And if you have a problem with people calling out idiots, it's, you're probably an idiot. <laughs> you're, probably one of you're probably one of the guys that got hit by a car or something because you're standing in front of it. But I just, I'm thankful to all the people that continue to share my stuff. And um, those people really make it happen, you know? And uh, so I, I'm, I never tell them thank you. And I think I tell them thank you way too many times, but they just really don't know how thankful I am for, uh, you know, it takes courage to share my stuff. <laughs> it takes courage. And the it's a little rebellion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Rebellion, baby. Sick. Uh, but no. So thankful to the people that risk their jobs to share my videos. So yeah, exactly. We love you long time. But thank <laughs> you, man. Thank you for having me on, brother. Appreciate it. No problem. If you can stick around just for a few more minutes. Sure. Uh, I'm going to give a quick outro and then we'll go. Uh, we'll go from there. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Hanging out with Steve. Thank you for being a part of this brand new podcast. And of course, Steve will be back. Hopefully, you won't be building a wall at the same time. Um, you can check us out on Spotify or anywhere you that listen to podcasts. I'm so sorry. That was rude. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I didn't mean to do that. I was like, oh, God, the guy's like, I've got so much crap going on. Um, and now it's over with. But of course, they interrupt the show. So sorry about that. It's okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'll hold it against you for a month. And then. Uh, you can listen to anywhere. There's podcasts, Spotify. I should be on iTunes shortly, all those things like that. And again, once the stream is over, it flips over to members. And I'm going to ask Steve a couple questions. That'll just be for my membership when this thing is over. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, chat. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the love. Thank you for sharing this out. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you were inspired today. To hear more of the conversation, check out our Patreon or become a member of the channel. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode. And welcome to the rebellion.